Next on BYU Sports Nation, rivals take a back seat. Which non-rivalry game is the most critical for BYU this season? Why the number 41 might be the number one key to an improved BYU offense. And we go one-on-one with senior linebacker Zane Anderson. What does he think about practicing against Zach Wilson and the offense? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday. This is how we do it. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your August 9th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who really did start from the bottom, Jerem Jordan. I don't even know where to start with that one. Uh, I guess from the bottom. Uh, yep. Tight ends Clark, uh, coach Steve Clark. Uh, was the subject of Miked Up, which uh, BYU Athletics produced. Fun pieces, taking you inside practice, right? Here's the latest from Steve Clark, little Drake. Everybody, I got your back. Uh, yeah. Who's got mine? Hey. 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 You know, if you got my back, will you help me sing a song? Yeah. Will you? Yeah. It's a song that I heard the other day here. I'm not going to give you a coach speech. I just want to sing a song with you. Okay, here we go. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Hey. Started, Started from, from the bottom, bottom, now we're all hey. team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Hey! Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Hey. Family on three, one, two, three. Hey, Matthew Davis. Hey, Coach Clark, is that your favorite song? Gucci Gang. No. no. I just heard it. Gucci Gang. You just heard it started from the bottom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just heard it while you were stretching. I thought, that's a good song. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> Steve Clark. He just heard it. Jamming to Drake. Here. Jamming to Drake as he rolls up to the BYU practice facility. I just, I just want to sing a song with you guys. And they're like, uh. Started from the bottom, and now we are here. I think that applies to both of us. The other introduction option I had for you, Jerem, was a guy who studies the migration patterns of ducks because a duck showed up to watch the BYU defensive line as well. Yeah, a duck was at practice yesterday. <laughs> No word on if it was the Oregon Duck uh, or one of his cronies spying. Scoping things out for a few years from now. Future game, okay. right? Um, yeah, he's been known to do that. Fun fact, my wife worked at a laundromat in high school, and she actually dry cleaned the Oregon Duck uh, costume. Puddles. One time. Yeah, there you go. It's time to scope out today's show lineup. Zane Anderson, star linebacker for BYU, off of an injury. I go one-on-one with him, BYU Sports Nation All Access. What is it like for him to defend against Zach Wilson in the BYU offense? We play big deal, no deal, and James Empey, one of those freshman All-American on the offensive line, one-on-one there. Why does he like Coach Eric Mateos? And what's the biggest concern that BYU still has to figure out before they take on the Utes? This is how we do your Friday BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football fall camp continues with practice nine, setting up tomorrow's scrimmage, which will be closed to the public. I repeat, closed to the public. One time, we didn't make that clearance. Someone drove down from Idaho. Not just someone, some people. Yeah. <laughs> According to Coach Satake, the quarterbacks will not go live. Help for the signal callers. And we still have a, a depth chart to figure out in the next little bit. And I think getting a lot, uh, getting in a live situation, having your guys um, get hit and tackle and block <clears throat> and do all that stuff that's game-like on Saturday would be huge for, for the next step. 
Differing opinions on this whole fall camp live scenario from coaches across the country. We'll discuss that in just a moment. Tony Takitaki made his NFL debut yesterday for the Browns as they beat the Washington Redskins 30-10. to Takitaki had three tackles. Former Cougars Fred Warner, Taysom Hill, and Corbin Kafusi all played this weekend in the NFL preseason. Warner and the 49ers face the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Hill and Kafusi with the Saints play the Minnesota Vikings tonight at 8 Eastern. Elsewhere, former Cougar Daniel Sorensen and his head coach Andy Reid of BYU Lineage. And the Kansas City Chiefs will take on my Cincinnati Bengals tomorrow at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Olympic qualifying tournaments in men's volleyball go down today with Taylor Sander and Ben Patch on Team USA against Belgium. And current players Gabi Garcia-Fernandez with Puerto Rico playing Brazil, as well as Davide Gardini in Italy taking on Cameroon. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Stats are for winners. Ask BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, who via Greg Rubel was reminded of some shocking numbers. Here's Grimes on third down offense specifically. And the other thing we've really been focusing on hard is third downs. Our third down percentage was not very good last year, and third downs um, correlate directly to winning and losing. They allow you to continue moving with the ball and, and obviously put yourself in position to score points. Let's go ahead and take that one step further with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Jeff Grimes was not kidding around. BYU 6-0 last season when converting at least 41% on third down in a game. Whoa. Jerem, is third down conversion the biggest improvement BYU's offense needs to make from last season? No. They were 6-0 on when they were 41%. To me, it's explosiveness. I think the BYU offense has been uh, underwhelming the last couple of years, mainly because they've not been able to push the ball down the field. For some reason, um, post-2015, Tanner Mangum didn't get the ball down the field in the same way, right? 2015, he did a lot. 2016, BYU got more explosive plays with Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. 2017 was 2017. 2018, not as explosive, although Zach Wilson started to trend that direction. Um, more explosive drives. That is a drive where you average at least 10 yards per play. So you have at least a big chunk play in that. Um, it, there are varying opinions on what a, an explosive play is. In the run game, typically that's 10 yards. Some people say 12. Pass game, typically that's 15 or 20. Depends who you ask. In fact, Jeff Grimes and Lice Tuiaki differ on what they think an explosive play is on a pass. Well, whatever's convenient for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, then you don't have to get into third down as much, per se, if you have an explosive play. You get a first down, regardless of what down that is. Plus, first and second down set up third down anyway. BYU is ranked 80, 80 plus in plays of 20 and 30 plus yards. They weren't good last year. Okay. And 90 plus in rushes of 10 plus, and 82nd in pass plays of 20 plus. BYU was not explosive. Last year, that is, a, that is something we're hearing from Zach Wilson and others is that we expect to be more explosive, more chunk plays in the run game. Uh, I think BYU has a better group of running backs than they did last year, this year. TBD a little bit on that, right, with the grad transfers, Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Supa, an improved Lopini Katoa. And we think with Zach Wilson that BYU can push the, de- uh, the ball down the field more. We saw it in the second half where BYU scored 42 points I don't care who you're playing, even if it's FCS, right? That's solid. 42 points against Western Michigan showed us what could be against certain competition. Now, BYU's not playing Western Michigan in the first four, but uh, that just showed you what they could do. In the last 15 years, there is a consistent trend of if BYU is good, 
in the third down conversion percentage, they win a lot of games. John Beck was that way his senior year. Max Hall certainly was that way in the three years that he started. Even Taysom Hill in 2014, before he was injured, was a third down and short first down conversion machine. And in 2016 with Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, they also had good numbers when those two were on the field. So yeah, there's a correlation there that when you can convert on third down and the key is getting to third and short and having the ability to stay on the field, you're going to win a lot of football games. The other part of the stat of the day is yeah, BYU was six and zero when they were converting at least 41% on third down last season. They were one in five when they weren't. One in six. Sorry, one in six. Well, That's right. And 41% is not even that great. Like, when BYU, in, I want to say in 06 um, and, and 7, 8, 9, BYU hung around the upper 40s, 50s. The key to converting on third down is either having a mobile quarterback who can run for it or a great tight end. That's the key. Dennis Pitta was the key to being great on third down. Does BYU have both of those things this year? I hope so. I think Zach Wilson, I've said it a million times. Mobile quarterback. 7.3 yards per rush on non-sack carries. Are you kidding me? 7.3. And BYU has a Walter Camp Award preseason nominee and one of the best tight ends in the country in Matt Bushman. So just maybe this is a very, very good thing for BYU. I am kind of with Jeff Grimes on this. I put a large emphasis on BYU being over that 41% mark. If they can do that, they'll win a lot of games. Go back to the Max Hall era. Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, Harvey Unga. Hey, you got guys that just get first downs, whether it's third yeah. and five or third and two or third and seven. They just stayed on the field. And they were really explosive. Uh, you could always check it. And I wonder if there's know. correlation to that. You would think Perhaps. that there is some, right? Perhaps. There's some. Topic two. Tomorrow the Cougars will scrimmage for the first time this fall camp at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Again, it's closed. Don't go. Offensive coordinator uh, Jeff Grimes isn't a fan of holding out any players out of the scrimmage. I'm usually not in favor of that unless Kalani makes me, which sometimes might be the case. Um, but we got a couple of guys that are banged up, so part of it will depend on, depend on what we get from the training room, but there will certainly be some guys that get more reps than others. On the other side of that coin, defensive coordinator Elias Tuiaki has the regular season in mind first. The name of the game is get these guys to the fight. I mean, how dumb would I look as a coach showing up with, with uh, two guys that are missing? It's just, it's just you, you're not a very good coach, right? If all of a sudden you just, you're not deep. And so I think uh, good coaches have good players, first of all. But then also you can do a little bit as far as training them and getting them. But the bottom line is get, get as many guys to the fight as you can, and uh, they'll make you look good. Spencer, should all the starters go live in scrimmage? It depends on the year. If you're trying to figure out what your team is and there are several position battles happening and you're more than a week into fall camp and you just got to see them in a live scenario, then, then yes, in those instances, maybe more players do go live. And that was probably the case for Jeff Grimes last year in his first year as offensive coordinator was, I got to see what these guys look like in as close to game speed as we can get them in a scrimmage. BYU and the coaches know more about this year's team than they did last year or even the year before that. So there is not the necessity to have to send these guys out there and have them go full speed. They, I think in most cases they know what they have. So I'm with the Eli Satuiaki here where it's like just keep guys healthy. You know what you have for the most part. In cases that you don't, maybe those players are the ones that go live. But I think 80 to 85% BYU knows exactly what they have. There's no need to send everyone out there and have them go full speed and risk injury. Because Coach Tuiaki's right. 
How dumb would he look if he sends everybody out there and then two of his projected starters, or heaven forbid more, get hurt and can't play in the actual games? So I think logic wins out here because BYU collectively know what they have. It's, it's, there's about 10 players, I would think, that qualify for what we're talking about specifically. Every single backup needs to go live. There's no backup that needs to be held out, right? It's certain starters. Like defensively, I would say Zane Anderson, Isaiah Kafusi, Kairos Tung, Austin Lee, Diangon Wiliku do not play. They do not need to play. There's a core of your But defense. you need to see everything Peyton Wilgar can do and Jackson Kafusi and uh, Kavik Fonua at middle linebacker and all these guys, right? Um, offensively, there's some guys that should be held out, right? Like Zach Wilson's not going to go live. Jaron Hall, I don't think, should go live, right? But the three should go live. I think you should be able to. Tackle the third-string quarterback. Like, get in on a sack. Uh, There's two sides of this, right? One is like, hey, let's just be healthy. Two is, have we tackled somebody? Are we prepared physically to match up with Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington because we prepared in that way? It's hard in 2019, too. We kind of lean on the less physical than more physical side when it comes to the practices to try and avoid injuries, to obviously avoid concussions and whatnot. So it's hard to know where the line is on, okay, I am properly prepared to have contact courage and be in on, a, on a, the run game, right? Yeah, how much do these guys need that at this point in terms of veterans? To, to get the contact courage. Like certain guys coming off injuries, you want to say, well, not at all. But it's like, but when is that going to happen? Because what you'd hate to happen is in the Utah game, it's the first time you really go. And it's like, oh, I didn't go full speed because I haven't like led up to this. It's hard to know where that line is. It's a tricky balance for sure, but it's the coach's job and responsibility to make sure that the players are Oh, it's our job. That's why we're talking about and it. And healthy and ready to go for the actual game. So, yeah, it, I, there is no perfect answer here and I think it just depends on the roster and the personnel and it changes from year to year yeah on to topic three Jerem we are now under three weeks from game number one hit it the countdown to the youths 20 days 20 days away from BYU and Utah shout out to former number 20 Reno Mahe who did some nice things in the rivalry games against Utah but for the moment, Jerem, let's take out the rivalry factor. And by rivals, we define Utah, Utah State, and Boise State as the trio of BYU's three main rivals. So with those three out of this conversation. And UMass too, right? Which non-rivalry game is the most critical for BYU in the 2019 season? I believe it's Tennessee. Uh, if BYU doesn't beat Utah, Tennessee becomes a game that you have to win because you're staring down the barrel of USC and Washington. And those are tough. Tennessee is the worst team among the first four, in my opinion. I think USC is the more winnable game in terms of just being at home, right? Playing at Tennessee is going to be a tough game, regardless of if Tennessee is not that good or not. Because a a mediocre SEC team is still a quality team. They still got NFL players, right? And the Volunteers just lost one of their starting defensive ends to a season-ending injury. Yeah, what's his bucket from from last chance U? Yeah, Gooden or something? Um, I think it's Tennessee. If BYU beats Utah, Tennessee's whatever. We're going to be riding high on the victory. The streak's over. Blah, blah, blah. Hopefully BYU is focused and ready. But honestly, the emotional bye week. if they blow that one, like, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> okay, beat Utah. Like, that's going to be the attitude. It's not, it's not the right thing per se, but that's going to be the attitude. So, to me, it's absolutely Tennessee. Okay. BYU, 
per the norm, wins 40% of their Power 5 games. So we are anticipating 2-2 two and two or 1-3 and three in mm-hmm. the first four. <laughs> to me, the most important non-rivalry game is game number five because this is the first game BYU plays after the first four Power 5 games that have been so highly publicized, and we've talked until we're blue in the face about how important it is that BYU can somehow sneak away with two. But what about Toledo? Pick to win their division in the MAC. They might be the best team in the MAC overall. BYU's got to play in the Eastern Time Zone in the Glass Bowl for the first time against oh, no. a Toledo team. And if BYU's one in three, they're staring at a real likelihood of having to go on the road where they have not played well in the Eastern Time Zone. And being one in four reminds me exactly of what BYU faced in 2016, Jerem. Toledo was With the fifth game. Toledo. They Man. were the fifth game, and BYU was one and three after a really difficult open. Yeah. And they let's found keep, a way to win that game. Let's keep doing this. Yeah, this is great, right? So for it's me, fantastic. that's the swing game where it's like, <laughs> okay, BYU steps out of the Power Five ranks, but this is against one of the best group of five teams, might be the best of their conference. And they got to play him on the road in the Eastern time zone at the end of September. Game five is a bear for BYU coming off of Washington the week before. So uh, to me, that's that swings a lot of momentum for BYU. Be nice not to have to play four power fives in a row. And then Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. On the the road up on the road. Oh, the timing of these games is so, so critical and very, very difficult to manage. If you're a fan of 500 ball, you'll love the first four. Like, what are we doing? Well, here's the thing. If BYU does win two of the first four and then they beat Toledo and they're three and two, the emotion is very, very different going towards the back seven games. Yeah, I like being above 500. That'd be amazing. If BYU can be <laughs> above 500 after Toledo, sure. oh, holy yeah. cow. Oh, yeah. We'd all take that right now. I would take that right now. Yes. Absolutely. Our question of the day. You join in the conversation. Which non-rivalry game is the most critical for BYU football this season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Daniel Araujo on Facebook says... I'd say Toledo because outside of the Power Fives, they are potentially a sleeper that could kill the BYU mojo. I'm with you, Daniel. Yeah, that's a tough one. Not as tough, tough as Tennessee, but it'll be tough. Coming up, what did Kalani Stocky say about Jaron Hall's role this season? Got to get that last shot on there, don't you? <laughs> I love it. Why the nice guy, Zane Anderson, who has moved from safety to linebacker, isn't really so nice on the field after all. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU TV Sports on Facebook for all of the post-practice interviews and recaps. We'll be live tomorrow at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. We are live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is now time we go BYU Sports Nation All Access with the BYU football team, specifically senior linebacker Zane Anderson, who was not supposed to be facing Utah and Tennessee and USC and Washington because he was set up to have a fantastic season in 2018. Didn't work out that way. Season ending surgery. Now he's back and talking with me about facing this schedule, competing against Zach Wilson and the offense and what really bothers him on the field. Here's Zane Anderson. 
Zane, this is like the 12th time you've done photo day. So how are you feeling this go around? Um, just no, it's another year. When this comes around, it means the season's closer, so it's a good feeling. Yeah, essentially three weeks away from uh, taking on the youths to open up uh, your final season at BYU. Uh, as you approach fall camp, knowing that and this is the last go around, how how are the emotions right now? Um, it's great, you know. And every day is a tough day, especially when it gets towards the end of the week. You're practicing every day, but I think um, as a senior and stuff, you just got to savor every second of it. Uh, I was fortunate to have another senior year, so I kind of know what it's like to feel like it's the last feeling. And um, so, you know, I'm just enjoying every second of fall camp and enjoying it with the boys. What's been the biggest advantage, if you will, of having to go through the tough situation last year of sitting out but then being able to come back this year? Um, I just think my experience. Um, last year I switched over from safety to linebacker. That was my first year, and so I got kind of four games um, of experience, and those are crucial. Even though that was only the beginning of the season, um, we played some really good teams, and having that experience for this year is huge. And so I think my football IQ has uh, definitely gone up over this past year. Um, my leadership has gone a lot better, and so I'm um, just kind of taking in that, that senior year. How will that leadership manifest itself on the field in the heat of the battle? Oh, it's huge. Um, our coaches talk about it all the time. Um, the best teams aren't coached. They're coached by the leaders of the team. And so that's something we're really trying to do as leaders and seniors on the team is just kind of take ownership of everyone and uh, just be a good role model and uh, lead by example. And so I think it's huge in every game. Your linebackers coach, Ed Lamb, has said that you and Isaiah have earned the right to be leaders. You're looking for another piece in the middle of your scheme defense. Who's going to be the guy to step up in the middle and join you on uh, on that front line of linebackers? Um, I think we've got a lot of guys in the role right now. I think that's a question right now. Everyone's kind of asking me and asking other guys. But um, I think we've got three solid guys that can do the job, and uh, coaches will pick whoever's, and I, and I trust all three of them. And so just kind of at the end of the day, we'll see guys are getting better and fix mistakes and stuff, and so we'll see what happens. I spoke with Chaz Ayu, and he right now is behind you on the depth chart, but he's kind of making that same move of being recruited as a safety, playing at safety, and now coming to linebacker. What has it been like to work with him and knowing that you guys are going through the same thing, and how have you been able to help him progress? Um, I think just, yeah, just that experience with both of us playing safety, I think um, that helped us in coverage. We kind of get to have we're familiar with the same sort of things, and um, we're not as familiar with taking on blocks and some different things, so I'll just try to shed some light that what I know, what I learned so far. And So he just got back from his mission, and so even he helps me out a little bit too. He's pushing me, and so it's good having him right there with me. What's been the most surprising thing you've seen in the first week of fall camp? Man, the most surprising thing? Um, I think our offense has been really surprising. I think uh, it's really going to be an electric offense. Um, that I've seen so far, this is one of the best offenses I've faced going against since I've been here. Um, I'm just excited for them, and that helps us have confidence knowing that they're going to put up some points, um, give us a little time off the field. Um, so I'm excited. That's That's been really surprising and uh, really excited. So it all comes down to you getting more rest. A little bit. I mean, <laughs> I've been through years where we're, we got a minute on the bench and we're back out, and so that's, that's rough. And so uh, really trusting these guys, and um, it's going to be fun. What are they doing specifically against your defense that makes you say, whoa, they could potentially score a lot of points? Um, they're really kind of testing us down the field vertically, um, which is something that hasn't really been in the past. They've been pretty, um, you can kind of tell what's going on, what they're going to do before the play, and now it's, um, it's, they're throwing down a lot down the field, which opens up the runs because we're playing deep, and so it's just kind of a hit and miss, and so 
Um, it's been really interesting. It's, it's been kept, kept keeping us on our toes. What's the strength of the BYU defense right now? Um, I think all, all four from the front line to the LBs to the DBs. Um, all of our guys, I look behind us and look in front of us, and I think we've got a, a solid, solid group. And so I can't wait to play with these guys. Um, we're, we've got a, we're really bonding together. Um, we know where each other are at on the field, and we truly trust each other. And so this will be fun. We've discussed a lot of uh, the player-run practices with your coaches, and they've said, look, it got rid of a lot of the chippiness, a lot of the uh, talking, fighting when camp gets going. In your opinion, how have the player-run practices changed things from transitioning from summer to actual practice? Um, I don't know. I think it's still gets a little chippy right now, especially. Um, where we, just, we'll, we all got to remember that we're on the same team. Sometimes it separates from offense and defense, and so we all, we're all really competitive. We all want to win and uh, win our rep. And so sometimes it gets a little feisty down there, but um, we just got to cool it off and realize that those are our teammates and that you don't want to hurt your own teammates, so you just got to take it easy. Zane, you're a super nice guy, but I imagine that you two get a little feisty. So what is the feisty Zane Anderson like on the football field? <laughs> um, some people really make me mad. <laughs> I hate being held by guys. Um, I don't like being beat, and so I'm a really competitive guy. And so once it kind of like step on the football field, I kind of flip a switch. Jeremy and I had a conversation on the show yesterday about who's the fastest guy on the team. Where do you rank, in your mind, among the fastest players on the team right now? Um, I think we've got some fast guys, um, really explosive guys. But, I mean, I'm going to put myself up at number one. <laughs> That's just me. So, um, but, I mean, you got Dian up there, uh, Micah Simon, Gunnar Romney, Dax Milne, Leva. Uh, Luke Andrada. Yeah, he's new too. Okay. So, I don't know how to count on those guys, but I think we've got some really fast guys. Okay, and we'll finish with this. Biggest question mark for this BYU football team as you approach game number one? Question mark. Um, just kind of figure out um, the right guys and who's, who's going to be playing next to you. And other than that, I think everything kind of works out itself. Um, mistakes are being made right now, which is honestly a good thing. Rather get those out before the first game. And so um, really kind of critiquing those, and we'll be, we'll be ready for game one. Listen, he's the fastest guy. Don't hold him in practice, <laughs> and everything will be okay. Thanks, Zane. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Spencer. He called me Jerem, and then he said, oh, my gosh. He corrected it. He's like, I just called you Jerem. But, but I said, Spencer, we're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, like, it's okay, man. Same it's, person. It's, it's okay. I get that all the time, and I don't correct people. I'm just like, I'm just going to. Oh, I can't do it. I don't have the heart to correct people. <sighs> yeah. Jerem, thanks so much for taking a picture with us. And I'm like, you're welcome. Someone, <laughs> let's make this about Zane in a second. But <laughs> someone across the street uh, from me is parents watch the show regularly which is awesome and uh they they brought up one time uh, they were there on a sunday afternoon went, oh hey love show blah, blah. i'm like oh, yeah, yeah they said uh hey yeah you're the rational one like we appreciate you the other guy he's kind of crazy and i'm thinking they think i'm spencer <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah yeah he's insane yeah yeah oh man he's like we should lock him up like he's crazy yeah <laughs> Zane Anderson is expected to be insane as well. Oh, I expect him to be the MVP of the defense. Yes. Had a shoulder injury, tried to play through it, but it ended up being too much last year. He's going to be a big-time playmaker in the middle field. This is a guy that was a safety who's playing linebacker, the flash linebacker. That's what Fred Warner played until his senior year. That's a position that, uh, you know, lots of 
good players that played that have the matchup, as we learned yesterday, where they line up on the running back or the tight end, right? They're, they're the guy that can match up with the, the bigger or quicker guys, the versatile spot. And Zane is perhaps the most versatile player on the BYU defense. Well, and he has specifically taken on a more vocal role. He hasn't been like a super he's vocal leader. He's a quiet leader, guy, yeah. But now that he's been granted like this extra year, if you will, he Grandpa Zane. is now feeling more confident to be like a vocal leader out there with Isaiah. Well, he'd be a pretty, pretty shy cat if he didn't, right? It's he only like needs it. Fifth season. They did a mic'd up with him, and you can kind of – Got a sense of the hey, let's uh, go, let's go. coaching yeah. that he yes. does, right? Yeah. So both he and Isaiah are taking on that coaching role while on the field. I like that. You BYU to, needs it. You have to train your replacement um, because if you get hurt, that guy comes from behind you, and Chaz Ayu right now is behind Zane Anderson, and I, I like the fact that you have a talented, highly, highly recruited, hungry dude right behind Zane. It's Zane's spot for sure. Um, Chaz Ayu right there, a guy that was a safety, now a linebacker. That's a perfect fit. A lot of people say that Isaiah Kafusi – is kind of like a Cameron Jensen type, and that Zane Anderson is now kind of morphing into that as well because he's mm. feeling more confident to be vocal. Cameron Jensen was a tough cookie. Like, he had the tough gene. He wasn't the, the best gene. linebacker, but he was an incredible leader. Uh, I thought it was really good. Oh, linebacker. he was a great yeah. linebacker, but I mean, we're talking like he even said, like, I wasn't Brian Keel, but. Well, he was a different type had, of linebacker. Had he was a middle. Qualities. Brian Keel and yeah. David Nixon were on the edges, right? And they were more like Zane where they're going to be defending differently. Your middle linebacker needs to get people in position, and he needs to make a tackle in the run game mostly. And Cameron was the MVP of that. Yeah, he was awesome. The ge- when, when the middle linebacker, when Isaiah Kafusi gets a nickname like the general, now we're talking, right? Yeah. Coming up, freshman All-American James Empey tells us where he can improve ahead of his sophomore season. And, Jerem, why the defensive line's biggest fan this fall camp might just be a duck waiting to fly south. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. Ducks fly together. Friday, BYU Sports Nation, 20 days away from BYU in Utah. What? How does it feel? Welcome back to the show alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. If you have missed anything in the first 34 minutes, you can always go back and download the podcast. For now, let's present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines for a second time. BYU football fall camp continues with practice number nine. Setting up tomorrow's scrimmage, which is closed to the public. Catch post-scrimmage reactions tomorrow at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. Jerem Jordan there holding down the fort. What? Fort Lavelle. Sione Takitaki made his NFL debut yesterday for the Browns as they beat the Redskins 30-10. Takitaki had three tackles. Former Cougars Fred Warner, Taysom Hill, and Corbin Kafusi all play this weekend in their NFL preseason action. Warner and the 49ers take on the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow. Hill and Kafusi with the Saints play the Minnesota Vikings. Also, former Cougar Daniel Sorensen and his Kansas City head coach Andy Reid of the Chiefs take on the Cincinnati Bengals tomorrow. Olympic qualifying tournaments in men's volleyball go down today. Taylor Sander and Ben Patch on Team USA against Belgium. And current players Gabi Garcia-Fernandez with Puerto Rico playing Brazil and Davide Gardini and Italy taking on Cameroon. Let's play big deal, no deal. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. In the form of big deal, no deal. Brought to you by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Ben Bagley, you are the voice of BYU Sports Nation. Be great if you join us on a Friday. Thank you. Big deal, no deal. Number one, 
When it comes to Jaron Hall, Kalani Sataki's biggest concern about him is at quarterback. Well, what did Kalani say about that? Really good at one thing first, and then we can move on to the next. And that's, we have three weeks. What I've seen from the first week, I've been really pleased with from him. And it's carrying on what he did in the summer. He just he looks a little bit bigger and probably a little bit faster. And I think that's going to help him out in both baseball and football. And in other positions, too. But right now, uh, my main concern is him as a quarterback. Okay, so Jaren? is Kalani's main concern, big deal, no deal, at quarterback? Uh, no deal. <laughs> <laughs> Kalani Satake just told us that Jaron Hall is working on other positions. He did. He said, uh, yeah, on to the next, meaning other positions, and he said other positions. So um, I guess, actually, I, I was thinking no deal at first because we kind of thought this, but I'm going to go big deal. Whoa, 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 what? Because he's kind of confirmed uh, this late in the game that, like, okay, yes, I want to get him good at quarterback first, but there are other things to do with him. So the offense has been hinting at this, and this kind of makes it official for me that uh, we're going to see Jaron Hall in a variety of ways. Okay, yeah, for me, I just was fully expecting it, so no deal. Status quo. We knew Jaron Hall was a good athlete and that BYU is going to try and find a way to utilize him in other ways outside of the quarterback position. So th- this, is, this, is nothing, this is nothing new. So I, zero deal for me. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU Hoops playing Southern Utah in a non-conference game this year in Hoops, according to a report from CBS Sports' John Rothstein. Mm. No deal. Uh, Cool in-state game. Great. Awesome to play those, right? Uh, It's not going to help the resume. In fact, it might hurt um, in trying to get in the NCAA tournament. But uh, great. Let's play Southern Utah. First time since 2007. Yeah, I don't know that there is much additional context other than, oh, they're also in the state of Utah. Cool. There, there's no real history there, no type of rivalry there. So it's kind of n- not a deal for me. Uh, I, it's a good game for Southern Utah to get sure. because it's easy travel, and who knows if they'll get a little coin on top of it. So I think Southern Utah probably gets the better end of the deal here. But BYU needed a game to try and lighten the schedule that, from what we can tell, is pretty loaded. Yeah. No, this is, uh, yeah, if you're going to have to play somebody, might as well play an in-state team. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Great. Next. Big deal, no deal. Taysom Hill's first preseason appearance tonight against the Vikings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve my answer until I see if he plays quarterback. Like, if he's doing what he did last year in the regular season, like, okay, that's cool, whatever. But if he's going to get a shot at quarterback in this game, now it's a big deal to me. It's the idea of Taysom Hill playing football. So, right now, it's... It's a big deal because it's Taysom Hill and a chance for BYU fans and Saints fans to watch him play football again. So just the prospect or the idea of it makes me want to watch a preseason game. What if he doesn't play very much? Then it becomes kind of a letdown and a disappointment. But the idea that, oh, we might get to see Taysom Hill play tonight, that's, that's exciting. It's a big deal. I would hope he'd play very little just to maintain health. He's luckily been very healthy in the NFL. Let's keep it that way. So you want to see him play quarterback, but not a ton. Well, if he's going to play quarterback, let's go. But if he's not, then no. Okay. Because we haven't seen him play quarterback hardly at all in the, in, uh, in the NFL. Had a good preseason with the Packers. That got him the Saints gig, right? Once Brett Hundley became the number two with the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly Jimmer Fredette's back in the NBA. doesn't matter if he's playing for a terrible team. We're all well, going to watch him. Yeah, but that was garbage. <laughs> but Taysom Hill playing with the Saints in the preseason kind of has that. The preseason just, it's just 
Right. But in the regular season, we're like, like, oh, I'm watching like, the Saints. I want to watch Sione do well with the Browns. I want to watch, you know, last night Bronson, like, forced a fumble. Like, that was great. You know, sure. Those are a couple plays. The whole game? Yeah. All right, number four. Big deal, no deal. This duck being not intimidated while watching the defensive line do work. Okay, there's a duck on the BYU football practice Wait, field. From just, the pond south of uh, campus? Just chillaxing. Like all the, all the big beasts running around yeah. the football team, and he just having a good old time in the sun, chilling. Do we, do we think that maybe this was like it had like a camera on it from Utah or something? Like do we think that they would stoop <laughs> to that level maybe? A GoPro. <laughs> this duck comes back, like flies back to send Kyle. In, w- send in Quackles. <laughs> Kyle Winningham's office. He's like, yes, Quackles, yes. <laughs> I, know, I know the plays now, even though we played them two games ago. Yes. Like, yeah. Strap on a GoPro, send in quackles, <laughs> bring us all the secrets. <laughs> Kalani sends something up to the, yeah, no, that's funny. Uh, no deal. Although I think, yeah, I think that duck doesn't have a big deal gene in him or her. Oh, it just, it's like, whatever. Yeah. That's the whatever duck. I'm a duck, man. And I'm going to do what I'm going to you know, do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go south of campus right now. I'm going to get me some bread. Yeah. I'm going to stay I'm here. I'm going to be stuffed on the bread. I'm going to be in that. Really creepy lake where there's probably like a monster or something in there. Yeah. To me, it's it's kind of a deal because this duck now has way more publicity and attention than it ever would have received. This, ever. This duck also has more access to practice than we do. <laughs> <laughs> Next. I'd say that duck's pretty gangster just for the yeah. simple fact. There's a couple guys on that football team I know do like to hunt. Yeah, he just stood there. Brackenell Bakri may have consumed said duck. Later. Well, Kyrus, <laughs> Kyrus is always uh, a He's viable like, threat rawr. to do that as well. A little yeah. duck pate. Yes. <laughs> All right, last one. Big deal, no deal. The new Friday Fells videos put out by BYU Gymnastics. This is funny. Uh, I think it's a big deal. The one yeah. they put out this morning was really funny. We're looking at it. Someone, I don't know who it is. Goes off the vault and just like, and then poses. <laughs> like, just gave up midway through. I haven't seen these other two. Yeah, oh, off the beam. Okay. Oh, <laughs> it's not too bad. Right. They, they have these, like, these cameras are always up, right? So, they, yeah, this is funny. Okay, on, on the uneven bars. On the uneven bars. Oh, 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 oh that one looked painful. Oh. That's not funny. That's uh, not funny at was, all. I think it was Shannon Evans right there. and That, that did not look good, that, but she got that up. That looked and, like torn ACL thing. Yeah. Oh, geez. It was awful. I do love that they're putting this out. This is funny. But that third one, it's like, ow. I like real life access. Like, this is real life. Yeah. <laughs> I, just want them to be, fake I just want them to be healthy, you know? Well, well on, on social media accounts, wealthy. typically it's your best foot forward. Like, oh, yeah. we, we always and only do amazing things. Best foot forward. Uh, gymnastics pun. <laughs> Coming up, Cougars in the NFL last night and this weekend. Freshman All-American James Empey tells us why his wife... Maybe the key to his success on the field this season. What? She's practicing with him. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best of BYU Sports Nation airs tomorrow, noon Eastern time, 9 Pacific on BYU Radio, and is on the podcast feed featuring the best conversations, opinions, and interviews each week. Our next guest 
in this BYU Sports Nation all-access from BYU Football Fall Camp is a man who is trying to go from James to Jim. He will graduate to Jim after this season. He'll be that mature. James Empey, after a freshman All-American season at center, is now ready for a sensational sophomore campaign. Here's our conversation with the BYU Center. James, it's photo day, but this time you're returning as a freshman All-American. How does it feel at photo day as a freshman All-American? You know, it feels just about the same, man. It's just taking a bunch of pictures. Everybody's out here and kind of, it, it's, it's a fun little uh, kind of distraction, you know, kind of take some pictures, talk about football, so it's, it's good. Through one week of fall camp, how do you feel like the offensive line has progressed under a new offensive line coach, Eric Mateos? Um... I think we progressed pretty good. I, I feel like uh, like we're kind of taking step by step. Coach Mateos came in, and it's kind of been. I, I just told another guy, seamless. You know, it, ha- it hasn't been that much of a of a difference. Him and Coach Pugh both know, knew exactly what they're talking about, and so he came in and and uh, just kind of took charge. You know what I mean? And so we've been uh, just kind of we we kind of figured it out in the spring, and now in fall camp, we really know what we expect of each other. Like all 18 of us and. <coughs> And we know um, our goals and what we want to be as a unit. And so I think we're, I mean, we're a couple of days in now. We're just putting it together bit by bit, and we're going to keep doing that until this, this whole season. Really. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but as you get better as an offensive lineman, then typically the critiques get a little bit more specific, and it's almost like you're really fine-tuning. So what what's being fine-tuned right now within the offensive line? Hmm. Um, really, really everything. I mean, we, we got a lot of work to do and, and we're, uh, we're happy to be able to do it. So we're, you know, just trying to be a assignment sound, know exactly what we're doing every play and be able to handle any front or anything that's going on. And, and we're working on our, our physicality, you know, our techniques with our hand placement and our footwork and everything. So I, I'd say we're, we're fine tuning everything right now, uh, especially in the first couple of days of camp and we're just going to keep going. Tristan Hodge just walked by and winked to the camera. Hi, Tristan. <laughs> yeah, you're not done yet. I might want to talk to you. Okay. We might bring him back. Okay, James. Yeah, he's a good guy to talk to. He's got a lot of stuff to say. Yeah, what is it like to play next to a guy like Tristan Hodge? It's fun. It's fun. I mean, it, he keeps it light because he's, uh, he's as competitive as anybody. You know what I mean? And, and he knows his stuff as, as well as anybody. But he's a fun guy to be around because he'll be, he'll be cracking jokes and uh, you know, when you make a mistake, you make it together, and, and you, you work to get better together. So he's, he's just a fun guy to be around. Good dude. Speaking of good people, um, you were mic'd up at BYU football practice the other day, and I heard that you were working with your wife yeah. on snaps. Um, yeah. how, how does that – not Snapchat, like actual football snaps. So what, what was happening there? Oh, I just – I needed to get some snaps in during our vacation. So I, I had a football, and I asked her to catch them for me, and she stood back there like a champ and, and caught some snaps. She'd make a good quarterback, probably. <laughs> yeah, I guess all wives are kind of the quarterback of a family, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. Now, Zach Wilson uh, has told us that he, he's going to be helping you out a little bit. He's, he's doing more at the line, making reads, different things. So how do your responsibilities change as a center? Um, so really, we just, we just kind of get the play started, right? We, we'll get up there. Everybody will be communicating, talking to each other. We know what we're doing. And if Zach wants to come up and change something, it's like, hey, okay, we're we're gonna do what Zach says because he's got the he's got the best view of everything, you know. You know what I mean? He can see the whole picture, and so really, uh, our our jobs are really kind of the same. But if he wants to change it, he can, and and that's nice because 
if you got a guy with a good view, you want him the one, being the one that, that uh, makes the adjustments and the calls and stuff like that. How would you describe the play of the offense as a whole through the first week of fall camp? Um, man, it's, it's been fun. I don't know. You've been to a few of the practices, right? It's, it's just been fun. We've been, we've been grinding and kind of figuring some things out together. And uh, it, it's just been fun to watch guys like, like Matt Bushman go out and make one-hand catches, you know, and, and, and a bunch of guys out there making plays. And, and it's good to have Zach back. His shoulder's good. And Jaron's making plays. And really, anybody that you put out there is going gonna, is gonna to do work. So that's, that's been fun to just see everybody come ready to go, ready to get better um, at the start of fall camp. And, and we just want to keep doing that. How much faster is the offense right now compared to last year? Um, it's a little bit faster. We, we've been really working on tempo, so we're trying to, to kind of pick it up and, and go faster and just give the defense less time to, to, um, to make their adjustments and do their things, you know, keep them on their toes a little bit. So we've been really pushing the tempo and trying to get faster, and it's something that we got to keep working because uh, it's, it's a hard thing to do. So it's been a little bit faster, but we got a long ways to go been asking a bunch of your teammates what's the biggest strength of this BYU football team right now the BYU football team man I want to give a shout out to our defense our our defense is solid our D-line is really good I mean you got guys like Kyrus and Bracken Bracken was on just a second ago and uh, Zoe and and all those guys like those guys are freaks man and and uh, just the rest of the defense too, our linebackers and the the defensive backs and safeties all those guys they They've been playing so good in camp so far. I mean, I know a lot of times the, the offense get a lot of talk, but those guys are doing really good. So I just want to shout them out and, and uh, tell them how good they're doing. Kane, in contrast, what is the biggest question mark you want short up before the first game? We, we asked that again? Yeah, what's the biggest question mark you want answered by the time the first game rolls around? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Ask a question. Do you have any question marks? What's your question mark? I, you see practice more than me, but uh, let me let me put it this way: yeah. Is there one thing? Is there any one thing that concerns you more than another in regard to this football team? Um, the the biggest thing that concerns me is just like getting better every day. You know what I mean? Fall camp can be long, can can be kind of a grind, and and you're looking forward to the end of August when right now it's still the beginning. You know what I mean? So. The, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to this fall camp is just getting better every day, like I've been saying, is we just got to find one thing, get better every day, and, and hopefully put the whole picture together by the time we, we, we play. And we know you got your cleats and all your gear because you were nice enough to do a between-the-line segment, but did you get enough deodorant, James? Oh, yeah, we got plenty of deodorant. James Empey with us on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks, James. Go Cougs. All right, freshman All-American center James Empey, ready to go again, sophomore season. Does he have more than one stick is the question. I hope so. One one stick of deodorant. They give them that last, that's the last item they got, according to our Between the Lines segments. There you go. That's what we learned. That's what I remember the most. Deal it out. (laughs) Coming up, Taylor Cole strikes out not one, but two World Series champs. And a rise and shout out to an inspiring and motivational BYU student who is beating the odds. Not going to want to miss this. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, Zane Anderson and James Empey, both of BYU Football. Shows on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Practice 9 goes down this morning with a close scrimmage tomorrow at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. We'll be live with post-practice interviews at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. 
Cougars in the NFL. Former BYU linebacker Sione Takitaki made his NFL debut for the Cleveland Browns in the dog pound yesterday. They beat up on the Redskins. Takitaki recorded one solo tackle, had three total tackles in his first NFL preseason action. Michael Davis had three tackles in a 17-13 LA Chargers loss to the Arizona Cardinals last night. And Bronson Kafusi had a tackle and forced uh, a fumble in the Jets' 31-22 loss to the Giants. Volleyball. Olympic qualifying tournaments in men's volleyball go down today with Taylor Sander and Ben Patch on Team USA against Belgium and current players Gabi Garcia-Fernandez with Puerto Rico playing Brazil as well as Davide Gardini in Italy taking on Cameroon. Soccer. The women's soccer team opens up the season with a blue and white exhibition scrimmage. Takes place, uh, when is that, tomorrow night? Yep, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific at Southfield. Cougars in the Major League. Taylor Cole, our guy, pitched a scoreless inning for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, striking out Red Sox All-Star Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez in a 3-0 Los Angeles loss to Boston. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays are on the course in round two of the Portland Open on the Corn Ferry Tour. Blair's tied for fourth at eight under, still playing hot after his win last week. He's three under today. Daniel Summerhays tied for 86th at one under. He's one over today. Back to four with Spencer. Thank you, Jerem. Today's rise and shout-outs. For me, Jerem, I'm going to go with uh, a story that the BYU main Twitter account put out yesterday. It said, one year ago, BYU student Monique McDown's right leg was paralyzed after she was hit by a car serving a two-year or an 18-month mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. After months of trying, doctors said there was nothing more they could do to help her regain feeling in her leg. Then this happened, and they quoted a tweet from at D. England Fox 4. Walking for the first time since paralyzed by hit-and-run driver. That's awesome. Incredible stuff. I mean, just shout-out to Monique for not giving up. Yep. And, uh, by the way, she also has forgiven the driver who is still at large. That's probably the biggest accomplishment. Wow. Ever, right? And mine goes to Browns rookie Damon Sheehy Giuseppe. Returned to punt for 86 yards last night. In April, he was sleeping outside uh, with two bags in Miami. He somehow convinced the Browns eventually to give him a tryout. Made the training camp roster. Boom. Punt return touchdown. Whole team went to the end zone. Incredible. Whole team celebrated. Oh, such a great sight. Question of the day. What non-rivalry game is the most critical for BYU this season? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Ames Flames says either Tennessee or USC because TV comes right after the emotional, physical rivalry battle. Win or lose to Utah, that's going to be a tough one. And heaven forbid if BYU loses both of the first two, it'll be critical to beat USC. Started Dennis Pitt in the time. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Kalen Hall. Go Cougs. See you tomorrow at scrimmage.